Hello and welcome to the Fairmont Specialty Podcast. This podcast was created to help inform military medical students about experiences and opportunities in military medicine. We aim to interview physicians either currently in or retired from the military from all branches of service in various specialties. Today, we are fortunate to have Dr. Bassler with us. We will be doing a RAMOP, which is the Resident Association of Military Osteopathic Physicians and Surgeons, and an IM Residency Specialty Podcast today. Hello. Good to be here. Thank you for being here with us. I just want to begin asking some questions about RAMOP. Were you a student in SAMOP, and why did you decide to join RAMOP? Yeah, I was in SAMOP. I really enjoyed it because I felt like there were just a lot of good resources, and the medical school that I went to, we had a small group of military students, but sometimes it was hard to get all of the information that we needed about how to prepare for residency and applications and all that, and I just really felt same up with a valuable resource there, as well as giving some opportunities for, like, research and leadership and things like that. I definitely participated and, and gained a lot of valuable information from it as a student. So when it came time to join RAMOPS, I thought that, one, it would be a good opportunity to continue to develop my leadership skills and opportunities for research and such, but also I just really wanted to be able to pass on that same information to students behind me, and I just felt like it was a good mentorship opportunity. That's really great. What benefits has the organization provided you? And why would you advise that our FAMOPS listeners continue in the organization as residents? Uh, you know, one of the things we see is that FAMOPS has a lot of really good participation. We had about 160 students at the conference this year, which was awesome. But we tend to see a drop-off when it comes to residents joining the organization. And I think that's a really a shame because there's a lot of benefits for residents as well. Some of the things that I've gotten from it is, Again, continued military experience, even though I am at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, it's a combined civilian and military residency. And I know that there's other residencies that don't have much military exposure or people who may have gotten civilian deferred and not have a lot of military exposure. And I feel like going to the conference still gives you opportunities to almost practice interacting with people and higher leadership positions in the Air Force and just have that military exposure, which is really beneficial. Get opportunities to, like, practice customs and courtesies and wear the uniform. A lot of the time in my residency, we wear our OCPs or the camouflage uniforms, and we don't get a lot of experience with our dress uniforms, and that's always helpful to get practice wearing that. I also like it because, again, just the opportunities to mentor I feel like as an officer, as a doctor, there's a bigger possibility to pass on knowledge to others, and RAMOPS gives you a kind of easy opportunity to really pour into the lives of other people and the people behind you coming up. I really like that. I also just think it's fun because in residency, it's stressful, and it's just nice to be able to go to a conference at a place like Disney World or some other fun location and see friends that you haven't seen in a while and kind of take a break from the routine of residency, and you don't have to use vacation time to do it. So, yeah, it's something I really strongly encourage everyone who's a student to consider continuing their participation in AMOPS because I think there's a lot to offer. 
I definitely felt, from the student perspective, everything that you said in addition to being a leader and, and helping to guide students. But I agree with conferences are just a ton of fun and mm -hmm. it's great for networking and it's great to ask questions and to see people. So yeah, um, yeah. And you get to like hear about things that you you don't get to do on the civilian side. Like there's usually a lot of flight docs there, and you can. Um, learn from them, and I think that that's even something, or hearing about like deployment experiences, that's something that still has benefit even as a resident, not just a student. Very good. I really enjoyed my time in the organization. You mentioned that there were about 160 RAMOPS members there. Mm -hmm. How many yep. RAMOPS members were there? There were probably about 10 of us or so. Quite a bit fewer than the students, and that's something I'm hoping to change this year. Well, that actually brings me to my next question. How would you like to see RAMOPS improve and grow as time goes on? One of the big things is trying to get more involvement from the residents. One of the things that we hear from feedback is that some of the lectures at the conference aren't really that pertinent to either students or residents. And one is just trying to find some more helpful workshops, maybe doing some workshops that are geared towards residents. And then also giving residents more opportunities to do things like teach and, and do a lecture, podium presentations, things like that. We're also hoping to recruit more program directors and residents at the future conferences. And I think this year we're doing our conference at Walter Reed in Washington, D.C. And Walter Reed is a big site for medical education. There's a lot of program directors there. There's a lot of residents there. We're hoping that the location will help us draw in a few more residents as well as the program directors. I think that all sounds really great. I did feel that there were a few number of residents compared to students, or some mm -hmm. being the same residents, but then somehow managed to not be able to talk to the residents that I really wanted to talk to. Oh, so, no. Yeah, <laughs> Or, you know, you can always reach out to the Raymond organization and we can help put you in contact with any particular resident who is a member of that organization. All of us are willing to talk to people and share our experience and stuff. And I might actually pick you up on that. Yeah, for sure. Do you want to transition from RAMOPS into an IM residency? Can you provide some background information about yourself? Where did you go to medical school? What are you in? And then I believe you said you're at Wright Patterson Air Force yeah. right now. Yeah, so I'm actually originally from New Mexico. I was born on the Navajo Nation and grew up in the Four Corners area, which is where Colorado, Arizona, Utah all meet. I did the HPSC Air Force Scholarship, went to West Virginia School of Osteopathic Medicine, and it's in a pretty rural town in part of West Virginia, so for my clerkship years, I was in Ashland, Kentucky. And then I did a lot of away rotations kind of all over the United States. And then I ended up going to Wright State University Internal Medicine Residency Program, which is associated with Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. And so that's all the, the medical stuff. And then a little bit as far as personal information, I live with my cat. <laughs> and I have a boyfriend, and he is also in the Air Force, down at Keesler Air Force Base right now in cyber operations. And, yeah, I enjoy things like running and rock climbing and reading. I play the piano. That's about it. <laughs> My cat's name is Sahara, like the desert. Uh, I actually found him as a stray in the desert in New Mexico, and so that kind of played into me getting him that name. 
That's great. So why did you choose to specialize in IM? So that was a difficult choice because when I first went to medical school, I thought I wanted to do obstetrics and gynecology. But once I actually got into it, I decided that I just didn't like it that much. First, I kind of decided the things that I didn't want to do. I didn't feel like I saw myself as a surgeon, so I ruled out the surgical specialties. And then I didn't enjoy working with children as much, so that kind of helped me rule out pediatrics and family medicine. For a while, I was really between emergency medicine and internal medicine. I liked the fact with internal medicine that you can follow a case to completion. That's one of the things I hear a lot from people who choose that over EM is that they enjoyed emergency medicine, but then once the patient got admitted, they didn't know what happened after that. So you kind of get to follow your patients all the way through their hospital course. There's a lot of complexity, so it's kind of like a lot of complex puzzles in IM, so you really get to reason through stuff, which can be fun. Uh, it can be stressful too, <laughs> but it's good. And then you also uh, get some more continuity of care with IM compared to EM, which was appealing to me. And then I think what finally helped me make the decision is that I still didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life, quote unquote. And so internal medicine just has so many options. You can do clinics, you can do hospital, you can do a mixture of both. You can subspecialize if you want to, or you can say general medicine. So um, since I wasn't entirely sure, I felt that was the best option for me so that it would give me a little bit more time to figure things out. At this point, now, do you know what you want to do when you're done with your residency? Is there something in particular that you want to specialize in within? Yeah. I thought a lot about pulmonary critical care, but I finally decided that internal medicine is what I'm going to do. Um, you know, for I, I like the, the variety and, again, the fact that it kind of just keeps a lot of options open. It just seems like a good fit for me and possibly for family life down the road and things like that. So I'm going to say general medicine. That's great. You mentioned that you did audition rotations around the country. Where did you end up going? So I did, I did a lot of rotations throughout the country. So for audition rotations, I only did two. I did San Antonio, Brook Army Medical Center, and then Keesler Air Force Base. And then I interviewed in person at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base and at Walter Reed, but I did not do rotations at those locations. And then the other ones were just rotations that I set out. They weren't for civilian auditions or anything, but I did like a mountain medicine course. I worked on the Navajo reservation some and just kind of did some cool things unrelated to internal medicine. Really cool. We have the opportunity yeah. to kind of do whatever you want at the end of your course. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, to take advantage of that. So the program that you chose, how did that compare to other places that you auditioned at or interviewed at? It's interesting because I thought that San Antonio would be my number one choice, which is why I set up my audition rotations there. I know one of the hard things can be that you have to decide your audition rotation location like months before you actually have to submit your application. It can be stressful trying to decide where to go. But I really liked it. It was a good experience at San Antonio and at Keesler. But ultimately, I ended up deciding that I wanted to go to Wright Path and ranking that as my number one choice for a couple different reasons. It had the mixed military and civilian residency program, which I liked because I felt it would give me a more diverse experience. 
Here at Wright Pat, we work at one of the Cillian hospitals, a level one trauma center, and then we work at the VA, and then we work on base at the military hospital. We do our clinic on base as well. The way that they do their scheduling here was appealing to me. We don't have 24-hour call at this program. We do it where a lot of clinic is done second year, so you have some more continuity with clinic instead of just taking a half day here or there to go down to clinic. You spend two weeks at a time in clinic. And the other thing that I really liked about it was since I was considering pulmonary critical care at the time and I wanted really good experience with procedures, the ICU that we work at here in this program does not have any fellows. Well, some people could say that it's kind of a downside to not have the fellows there. I felt that it would allow me to actually do more of the procedures, but since I wouldn't be almost competing for it with the fellows. So all of that together, I decided to choose the right path. But the truth is I felt like all of them were good and that I could get a good education at any of them. They do have their own differences, and they're all unique, so it helps to talk to people. Even if you're at one location, because military medicine, that community is kind of a small community, you can find people who have done residency or worked at other locations, and everyone's willing to just talk honestly about their experiences at the different locations. One thing I encourage students to remember is that when you're interviewing at a place, they're not just interviewing you, but you're also interviewing them. Take the opportunity to find people and ask them about their experiences. You only have one or two ABC rotations. I think just one this year because of everything with COVID. Seek out people who went to the other programs and ask them about it. Ask about both the good and the bad things there. And just get as much information as you can about all the different programs while you're on your audition rotations. Thank you so much for that advice. Yeah. Since we are part of AMOPS, do you think that the military cares about DO versus MD when selecting applicants? At least with IM, no. I haven't got the feeling that they prefer one over the other. The one thing that I have noticed is that since they don't have any specific DO residency programs, there is not much of an emphasis on the osteopathic side as far as osteopathic manipulation in my residency program. So I actually don't get a lot of experience with OMT, which is kind of unfortunate. But I have not felt at all that I've been discriminated against or looked down upon because I'm a DO as opposed to an MD. A lot of the residents in my program are actually DOs, and I feel they treat us all the same. I don't think that factored into the decision about whether or not to accept us. When I was applying for the OCSC and I told my recruiter that I was accepted into a DO school, his response was, oh, yeah, that's great. And maybe love DOs. Okay. <laughs> you know, I feel like we are, we are well accepted and respected as physicians. It's just whether or not you're going to get much experience in doing your osteopathic manipulation may be more program dependent. That's really good to know. When you were doing your audition rotations, how do you feel like you excelled? So it's kind of hard to say for sure how I did and see how people thought about me. But as a resident working with students who come through, I can tell you the things that I most want to see in the students who come through is a willingness to work and a willingness to be teachable and just 
kind of overall, like, being a nice person. Like, all of that is way more important to me than whether or not you know the right answer to everything or whether or not you come up with the best management plan for the patient. So I think some things to keep in mind during your audition rotations are to be teachable and to be a hard worker. So don't pretend that you know stuff that you don't know. If you don't know something, you just be like, yeah, I'm going to look that up and then, you know, look it up and be willing to learn from those situations. Be engaged with what's going on, even if there's a test coming up or something else, if there's a patient care situation or problem going on, be focused on that, be engaged in that situation. And then be honest. All of the program directors know each other very well. And, you know, if you're at one program and it's not your number one choice, then when they ask you if it's your number one choice, don't tell them that it is because if you go and tell another program director that their program's your number one choice, they're going to talk and know and stuff. So just be open about what you want. I've gotten the feeling that the program directors, they want to work with you and find the best fit for you as well. Overall, be a, a nice person and a hard worker, and I think you'll do well. Given that you've gone through your PTY1, what is a normal day like during your intern year? At least the way that it is at Right Hat, most of intern year is done in the hospital setting, whether it's an inpatient, staff rotation, or the ITU. There's only a couple weeks that are spent on clinic and electives during first year. For my hospitalist or my inpatient rotation, I usually get there between like 6 and 6.30 a.m. I get sign out from the night team and I round on my patients by myself. I would look at labs and vitals, address anything like electrolyte abnormalities or whatever that there's kind of small orders that need to be done early on in the day and just come up with an overall sense of how I wanted to manage that patient for the day and what my plan was for him or her. And then we'd have morning report around 7.30 or 8, and that was about a half hour of didactics that they had for us three or four days out of the week. And then usually it kind of depended on the attending, but we'd usually round as a group with our attending starting at 9 a.m., and that would take a couple hours. And then once we finished rounding, we would go ahead and get in all the orders that we had talked about during rounds and kind of implement whatever plan we had for each patient. And then we'd have the rest of the day to work on notes for those patients that we had and then accepting new admissions that came in. And then during that time, we also had an, an hour of didactics at noon during lunch. We usually leave anywhere between 4 and 8 p.m., depending on whether we were the person who was supposed to stay late that day or whether we were one of the teams that got to leave a little bit earlier. So that was a typical day, and with our schedule, they usually had it where you were 12 days on, and then you have two days off. Were you able to have a good life-work balance? Yeah. Long days, so when we were taking calls till 6.30 p.m. and had to be there till 7.30 p.m. at least, sometimes later when you're finishing up notes and getting your patient all squared away, there wasn't much time on those days to do anything besides work and then go back and go to sleep. And you're usually long call and right half one out of every four days. So the other three days, you got to leave at a decent time usually. And if it was the day before your long call day, you got to leave even earlier. So I was pleasantly surprised to find out that I had a little bit more time than I thought I would coming into residency. It was still really stressful in term year because of 
the new responsibilities, the new environment compared to medical school. There's a lot of stuff in residency that you don't learn in medical school as far as the practical things like how the hospital works and how to actually put in the orders and just things that come up that you just learn as the situation arises that uh, you think you can't really really learn from the textbook. So all of that made intern year stressful, but at the same time, I still had time to get good sleep. I still had time to exercise. I still had some time to do things that I enjoyed and do things for myself. Now, I do want to say, like, you know, intern year, it really was hard for me just because of those kind of changes that I talked about, the new responsibilities and all that, and I was super stressed, like, the first six months or so. So one thing I do want to say, and you may be getting to this in a little bit, actually, but as far as just lessons that I, I wish I had known and been aware of, know that it does get better when you're feeling that stress and you're feeling that burnout. Residency gets better. Intern year gets better. And if you're feeling like you're really struggling and you need help, then don't be afraid to ask for it. Thank you so much for that advice, Pam. How did it feel transitioning from PGY1 to PGY2? And what differences did you feel you experienced there? The transition was a little scary just because as an intern, you always have the senior resident and the attending kind of looking over your shoulder and making sure that everything's okay. And as a senior, uh, PGY2 or 3, you have more responsibility. You know, now it's you who's looking over your intern's shoulder and making sure that they're doing everything okay. And while there's still always someone else that you can ask for help, the people at our program are super approachable, and I never felt like I shouldn't call someone if I had a question or reach out to my attendees. But there's still this higher sense of responsibility as a senior. So that was a little bit stressful and hard with the transition. But overall, second year has been a lot better than first year for me. And I think it's just because I've had more experience. You start seeing the same things over and over, COPD exacerbations, heart failure exacerbations, chest pain. And the more you address those things, the more comfortable you become with it. And with that comfort, it removes a little bit of the stress that can be associated with it. So I've enjoyed second year. It's been a good experience. And I think that's probably the case for a lot of residency programs and specialties that as you progress, through the program, things get a little bit easier. As you transitioned from medical school to being a physician, do you feel like you went from, oh, I feel like I know everything because I'm a fourth year medical student and I've gone through my rotations to being down at the bottom of the ladder, as it were, again? Kind of. Granted, I did take, like, some vacation time and do some for fun rotations, so I didn't feel like I knew everything at the end of fourth year. I probably felt more like that at the end of third year when I had just studied for board. <laughs> and I'm not just in rotations and all of that. But, again, there's just a lot of practical little things that you just don't know as a medical student that just come with experience. It is a challenge to go from feeling like, oh, I, I did really well in medical school, that challenges behind me to suddenly being the intern. But you know more than you think you do in a lot of situations. You still have medical students with you, so I think that's actually a neat opportunity because, one, the medical students can actually help when it comes to some of the questions that the attendees ask, especially if it's 
like the mechanism of some disease, uh, you know, medical students tend to be closer to having learned that knowledge than the residents. And also, it's kind of fun and enjoyable to help teach the medical students behind you, too. I have one final question, and you touched a little bit on advice that you have already, but is, is there any additional advice you have for anybody who wants to match into IM or just in general to continue throughout our careers? Yeah, I think we talked about some of it already, like be willing to work hard. One thing I noticed with IM, because the patients tend to be a little bit more complex, it's really good to be organized. That can help you kind of keep track of what's going on and what's important when a lot of things are happening at one time. And then just be willing to be helpful to those around you. Medicine, especially internal medicine, because there's often so many pieces involved and you have a lot of consultants that you're working with. Medicine really is a team experience. You know, it works best when you're working as a team. When you go through residency, your co-residents, treat them as colleagues and not as competition, um, you know, really work on contributing to your program atmosphere to make it not a malignant program and just be willing to work with other people and help other people because it really helps with the stress of residency when, you know, if a family issue comes up or you're sick or something that you can reach out to your colleagues and that they're willing to step in and help you. So I think it just makes for a better learning experience and better patient care and everything. Great. Thank you so much, Sam. Well, that wraps up our episode with Dr. Dawson today. Thank you so much for your time and sharing your experiences with us. If anyone has any questions, they can feel free to reach out to me. I'm the president of RayMops, so you could get in touch with me through RayMops. I'm happy to share or answer any other questions that anyone may have. Can you provide your email for anybody if they have any questions? Sure. So my email is Vassar, B as in Victor, A-S-S-E-R-N-N, that's N as in Mike, at gmail.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. So for those of you who are listening, if you have any recommendations for the podcast or anything you'd like to hear in particular, feel free to email Samox Education Chair at gmail.com. And thank you for tuning in.